Annabelle Symington is the head of communications, advocacy, and marketing for the World Food Program Yemen. Her current role within the WFP is to be the lead spokesperson. She provides commentary and insight into one of the world's worst humanitarian crises. We are pleased to have her today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. Perfect. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in your work with the World Food Programme? Absolutely. So my background is as a journalist. Um, I was a foreign correspondent for around 10 years, mostly based in Asia. And then in late 2018, I was... In asked to asked to join uh, WFP in Yemen to head up head up their communications. At that point, it was the team didn't yet exist, so it was about so it was going there to to set things up and to um, make sure that we were really drawing attention to the situation in Yemen and advocating for the for the needs of the of Yemenis who we support. Fantastic, thank you so much. So the WFP operates in over 80 countries. Can you please describe to the listeners what the scope of this problem is and why aid is so important in Yemen? Yemen is one of the world's worst humanitarian crises. It's been hit by or embroiled in in a a war that has gone on for over seven years now. Uh, That has created a severe hunger crisis. There are really two two main drivers of the hunger crisis. You've got the conflict, which is forcing people to flee. So that's people leaving their homes, leaving their their land, and forced to live either in either rent homes in in other cities or, or living camps. And then on the other side, you've got, as a result of the conflict, the economy has deteriorated deteriorated uh, rapidly. So the um, there's hyperinflation right now, plus the currency deteriorating at a very, very rapid rate. And that has pushed food prices just out of reach for, for millions of people in Yemen. Uh, food prices have more than doubled this year alone. Um, they were, and, and so they are now on average around 300% higher than they were before the conflict. Mm-hmm. So people just simply cannot afford to buy enough food to survive. Mm -hmm. And especially now with COVID, it makes things even more difficult. Uh, Yeah, COVID has on top of that made things more difficult for many people in Yemen. And you've also got to think about the global impact of of COVID. As a result of COVID, it's actually squeezed a lot of international, like global um, supply chains, which we're obviously very reliant on in order to get food into Yemen. Mm -hmm. Globally, food prices are at a 10 year high. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of how much it costs WFP in order to procure enough food to provide to people in Yemen, that's also gone up. Um, and that's actually at a time when, unfortunately, aid budgets are also being stretched. Mm-hmm. So we really are, you know, being pulled from every direction and it's making operations harder and harder. Right. So it's actually, as you mentioned a little bit, it's been called the world's worst humanitarian crisis, which has provided it kind of like a global label or even a stigma some might say, but how do you how do you require enough evidence to say that it's such a huge crisis or that it's such a huge famine? How do you collect that kind of data or or information? Well, a, a couple of things. Firstly, I would no longer it would be no longer accurate to describe Yemen as the worst. Unfor- unfortunately, um, hunger has risen. 
um, in many other parts of the world as well, particularly in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. um, as in the last few months. So I think it would be more accurate to describe Yemen as one of the worst, which mm-hmm. is really a tragic situation that we're that we're having to. Um, <laughs> kind of use that kind of language and that we are seeing hunger go up at such a rapid rate in in 2021 and then in terms of famine so famine has not been declared in in Yemen there is a very strict set of data requirements in order to declare a famine and it is not actually WFP alone that would declare a famine so we're not like the world it's not like the world health organization declares a pandemic and WFP declares a a famine that's not how it works it's actually a group of multiple bodies of which WFP is a part who would who would declare famine now in order to declare famine um, you have to have three three key bits of evidence so it's evidence of acute malnutrition of high rates of acute malnutrition of high rates of acute food shortages and then evidence that people are dying as a direct result of starvation now in a war zone like yemen where data gathering anyway is hard but anyway you've got many many factors causing people to die prematurely mm-hmm. it's actually very difficult to, to to kind of get that kind of burden of evidence mm-hmm. so that's why what we often end up talking about in yemen is we talk about famine-like conditions right. because we are able to see that people are experiencing very extreme food shortages and very extreme rates of malnutrition, but we, we don't necessarily have the data to all three data points to be able to actually say categorically that it is that it is famine. Well, thank you for clearing both of those things up, because I think, you know, for someone like me, who's several elements removed from the situation, it's easy to just use these big words without really understanding what what it looks like on the ground. So I appreciate you, you know, giving that such a detailed response. What do you think could be the long-lasting impact of malnutrition for Yemen? So the so malnutrition causes stunting in children. That's irreversible uh, stunting that affects both a child's physical growth as well as their cognitive development. Mm-hmm. So malnutrition effectively steals a generation. Right. So Yemen is going to rely on on the next generation, the future generations, in order to rebuild and and um, in the future. But if you've got an entire generation who has been um, stunted by malnutrition, that's that just pushes it further down the line. That makes it even that's going to make it even harder for Yemen Yemen to to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for explaining that. I heard uh, David Beasley in an interview, and he described the conditions of Yemen as living on hell, living hell on earth is how he described it. What needs to happen to support those in need currently? So, Yemen right now needs peace. That, that would be the that would be the simple answer. It needs peace and it needs action to actually stabilize the economy to make food more accessible and more affordable to people. And until that day comes, then food assistance is is an absolute lifeline for families. But we need to remember that the food assistance is is kind of it's a band-aid. It, it keeps people alive today, but it doesn't actually solve the problems of the core that, that, that are actually creating the crisis itself. So we really need to be thinking about those two things, mm-hmm. making sure that we keep people alive today, provide them with the vital support that they need today, while also looking at how we can actually try and support Yemen into the future with both development to rebuild um, and then and then for the international community to also support on the political track to actually bring peace, to bring a resolution to the conflict. Right, of course. And if the World Food Program was provided funds to give um, 
for, for more uh, resources, how would the WFP mitigate hunger issues or how would they support in helping for hunger issues? So our our response in in Yemen is is, is huge um, and and covers a number of different elements when it comes to addressing hunger. We have our emergency food assistance, which is the largest part of of our response. That's where we are feeding 13 million people. On top of that, we have malnutrition treatment programs, which is both um, and prevention programs aimed at children and mothers. Good childhood malnutrition actually starts at conception, so it's essential that we also support mothers when they are pregnant and breastfeeding. Um, That reaches 3.3 million children and mums. We support kids in school with daily daily snacks, um, and that's really important to both make sure that they get a vital kind of boost of of crucial nutrients, so these are fortified snacks, Um, but also these snacks help provide a bit of an incentive for parents to keep sending their kids to school, which is obviously super important as we look to Yemen's long term, uh, because unfortunately school dropout rates are very high as a result of the conflict. Um, on top of that, we are already running um, resilience programs where we support communities to rebuild assets that would um, help their long-term food insecurity. So I'm talking about things like irrigation systems, uh, restoring agricultural land, much of which has become very degraded as a result of the conflict, mm-hmm. You know, um, water tanks, uh, roads, so there's access to market. Now, at the moment, we're reaching around 1.2 million people with those kind of programs. Um, and those are targeting areas where the food, the, the hunger crisis, the food security situation is not quite as acute as it is in other parts of the country. But you've got to remember that right now, unfortunately, there are people who are hungry today. Right. So it, for those people who are facing hunger right now, the most appropriate and the best thing that we can do for them is to physically feed them mm-hmm. while then looking to try to try to put in place more long term, long term programs. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, right now, um, you hopefully saw we put out a news release today. We're having to cut assistance uh, starting from January. Um, because we simply don't have the funds. So of the 13 million people that we're currently supporting with food assistance, around 8 million of them are going to start receiving only a half ration, which mm-hmm. isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, do- we're having to do that in order to protect the 5 million most food insecure people, the people who are at acute risk of, imme- of immediately slipping into famine conditions, um, it's so that we can keep full rations for them. Mm-hmm. But that's effectively, it's, a, it's an appalling situation for, us, for, for anyone to be in. And we are taking food from the hungry to feed the hungriest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually did see that. And I, as well as just, you know, doing more research in Afghanistan, I heard a reporter talking about malnutrition there and how mothers could only afford tea for their children and how the, the skin of the children is literally falling off because they don't have enough nutrients to keep it in their bodies and to think that we could be knowing about something like this and then continuing to cut funding for such important programs is just so devastating you know for for me to hear so i really hope that um i really hope that the world food program gets more funding especially in 2022 and that you're able to carry out the projects that you've already um, defined as well as projects that you want to to engage with So I know you're not able to talk about political issues in Yemen, but what happens if we don't address the root cause issues? 
Uh, well, hunger will just continue to spiral. It's already increasing because um, the causes of the crisis, yes, we're seven years into this conflict, but the, but, but the drivers are actually getting worse. This year, inadequate food consumption, that's one of the measures that WFP tracks on a monthly basis. Um, it's risen from affecting one in three families to one to half, to half of all families today. And on top of that, you've got the economy continuing to decline. Mm-hmm. We've also seen one, it's also been one of the worst years for displacement. So that's people being forced to flee. As I mentioned before, many of them for the second, third, fourth, even fifth time in the course of the war. And each time life gets harder and harder for them. Right. Uh, since September alone, you've had about 70,000 people have been forced to flee their homes. Many of them are now living in camps. It's cold. It's winter mm-hmm. in many parts of the country, not so much on the coastal areas, but in the, in the, in the center of Yemen, it gets very cold. It's mm-hmm desert. And that's on top of got a total of 4 million people who are internally displaced as a result of the war. So, you know, yes, it's a, yes, it's a conflict that's gone on a long time. Yes, it's a situation that has gone on a long time. And yes, we have been saying for a very long time, Yemen is, a, is, is one of the world's worst humanitarian crises, one of the world's worst hunger, hunger crises. But it's still true. Mm-hmm. And it's actually getting worse. Mm-hmm. Kind of when you think it couldn't possibly get worse, it actually unfortunately is. So it is absolutely essential that, that um, attention is continued to be brought to bear on Yemen, um, that we remember what's going, that we remember the millions of people who are suffering in Yemen right now, mm-hmm. and that the international community supports with both you know, monetary support to the vital aid programs, mm-hmm. as, as well as political pressure um, on the on the. Uh, on the parties to the conflict to actually bring a bring a lasting solution. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for explaining that. And just the last question: Is there anything that we haven't touched upon that you would like to discuss, or that you would like to um, any projects that the World Food Program is doing that we might not know about that could use extra support? Well, our pro- programs as, as a whole need support right now. Unfortunately, we're in a really difficult situation funding-wise. But I think actually, in 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 some ways, and this is something that I feel very strongly in my role is 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 actually giving a voice to the people the people that, that we serve. So maybe I could just tell you a little bit about some of them. Uh, you know, some of the conversations that I have with with families uh, that I meet in the field. You know, just the other day, I was in an IDP camp in Aden where it was just, I met a family. It's the second time that I'd met with them. Um, there'd been a gap of about two, three months since from my first meeting to my to my second one. And things had got much worse for them. And the, and the father, Ali, he has five kids. He himself is only about 26. He turned to me and he said, you know, my kids come to me and they say, Baba, we're hungry. And I just have to walk outside because I get so upset because he, he has nothing to give them. You know, and that's something I've heard from many, many, many families. You ask families, you know, mothers, you know, what is their wish for their kids? And and, it, and it's simple. They, they just want to be able to feed them. Mm-hmm. And they are having to make impossible choices. You know, I've met families where they've had to choose which child gets medical treatment because they can't afford to treat both. You know, um, mothers who routinely eat less in order to try and feed their feed their kids you know all of these no person should be having to make those kind of decisions but that's just the reality of life for far too many people in yemen oh that's just literally so so devastating but i really appreciate you sharing their story because um you know that's why we're doing this we're doing this to help the people so um hearing as closely from them as possible is is just really vital Um, I just really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for this. And um, I just hope that we all go out and support the World Food Program because they're doing incredible work. So um, lastly, just um, how can the listeners at home help right now? 
So raise awareness. Please use your voice to raise awareness about the situation in Yemen. Show your representatives that you care about Yemen, so that we can, can so that the international community, you know, can continue to put pressure on the on the parties to both uh, end the conflict, but also um, to, to to support the the aid response. WFP is mostly funded by donor governments, but we but, but, but donations from from individuals individuals is still super super important. So please do donate to WFP. We also have um, an app called Share the Meal, where which allows you to um, donate a meal to a specific family, so you can really see exactly where your funds are going and the impact that it has. And also, you could find out more about what we do on our on our Twitter channel. Um, Instagram, as well as Facebook at WFP Yemen, um, as well as WFP.org, where you find all the information about what WFP does all around the world. And at a time when, unfortunately, despite the fact that we are living in an age where people can go to space and do all these amazing things technologically, hunger is still rising. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for your time. I'll link everything that you just mentioned below. And uh, just really appreciate your time. Thank you so, so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for taking the time to talk about Yemen. Absolutely. In our interview, Annabelle mentioned that on December 22nd, 2021, the United Nations World Food Program warned that it was running out of funds to provide food assistance to Yemeni people. This means 13 million people are at increased risk. From January 2022 onwards, 8 million people will receive a reduced food ration. 5 million people who are at immediate risk of slipping into famine conditions will still remain on a full ration. While it is never a good time to cut food rations for those who depend, this reduction is acutely difficult. With the already complicated geopolitical climate and economic landscape, COVID-19 has worsened economic conditions in Yemen. Yemen now faces currency devaluation, hyperinflation, and inaccessibility to the flow of goods. Food prices have more than doubled, the economy is close to collapse, and the lack of food has forced families to flee. The Yemeni people are more vulnerable now than ever. So what does this mean? What we know for sure is that food stocks in Yemen are low. Budgets for humanitarian crises are overextended. Migration in Yemen is constant, and the war in Yemen is far from over. So how can we help? The World Food Program is asking for the global community to recognize this crisis in real time and to act quickly WFP is trying to warn the international community that we must act now before Yemen slips into worse conditions. For more information of how you can help or possibly get involved, check out the links below. And if you want to keep up with Annabelle's work, you can find her on Twitter at A underscore Symington. Thank you for listening and happy holidays.